Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Next Level Christianity series, which walks through the book of Philippians, seeing how God wants us to grow to the next level. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. And while you're standing, take your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 tonight. Philippians chapter 2, remain standing, and we'll just read it together here in just a second. Philippians chapter 2, we've been going through uh, a series called Next Level Christianity, and uh, of course, understanding that Paul, he wrote the book of Philippians to the church of Philippi, and the purpose, I believe, behind the book is uh, to help them know you can just keep growing in the Lord, and uh, I'm, I'm afraid that all too often many Christians... We hit a point in our Christian life where we begin to think that we kind of uh, know more than we really do. And we begin, many Christians do, they, they kind of hit a, hit a point in their life where it's just kind of like, well, if you can teach me something, then teach me. I mean, I already know the Bible, I already have, you know, I've got a lot of it memorized. And, and a lot of times, if we're not careful, if we don't protect ourselves from that spirit of pride, uh, we can begin to look at our Christianity as if we are already on a mountaintop. And the truth is that every single one of us, until we're dead, we're going to keep growing in the Lord. We have opportunity to keep growing in the Lord, and that's what God wants. He wants us to make the decision that we're going to grow and move on to the next level. And so through this series, we've been looking and listening from Paul as he's trying to teach these believers at Philippi what it means to live out next level Christianity. Most recently, though, we've been with Paul as he gave us what we read in verse number 12 of, uh, of chapter number two. We read these words. Paul writes, wherefore, my beloved brethren, or excuse me, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we learned last week what it means to work out our own salvation or to uh, live out our salvation. And what we discovered last week is that every single one of us should have the desire that next level Christianity says, I'm not going to be timid in my Christianity. I'm going to live out my salvation. Well, how do we do it? He goes through the lesson with fear and trembling, with reverence and weakness. How else? Well, with his power, understanding that it is God which worketh both in you uh, to do, which worketh in you both to do and to will of his good pleasure. Hey, God will give you the power to live for him. How else do we live for him? Well, we live for him without complaining or arguing. That's a tough one. Right, that's verse number 14. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. I don't know about you, but it can be easy to complain. Uh, But he says, hey, if you're gonna live next level Christianity and live out your salvation, you're gonna do it without complaining and without the arguing. But then we also saw last week what happens when we live out our Christianity. When we live out our Christianity in boldness, we find out that we are easily identified as the children of God. We are light in the darkness and we hold forth the word of life. Tonight, I believe Paul continues with this idea of living out your salvation, but he does it by bringing to the forefront living examples. People who didn't just say we're saved, but people who truly lived it, who were in Paul's life and whom he identifies to the church of Philippi. 
Two people we're going to look at tonight who really lived out their salvation as a great example. One was Timothy, and the other is Epaphroditus. I want you to notice the passage before us tonight, Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 19. Notice what we read. Paul, again, writing to the believers at Philippi, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus or Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all, they seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ, but ye know the proof of him that... As a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall uh, see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send unto you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all, and he was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed, he was sick, nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him, therefore, the more carefully, that when ye see him again, Ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. I'm going to be honest with you tonight, and I know you're still standing. Don't worry, I have to stand the whole message. So you'll be seated in just a moment, but... I love the passage before us tonight because I love these two characters. I really do. I love the character of Timothy. And while we don't know much about Epaphroditus, there is so much about him that we can learn from this passage that I think will be challenging to us tonight. But it's simply this. In life, in life, everyone needs living examples. We need people to look up to. Here's what Paul is doing with these believers. Live out your own salvation. Here's how you do it. Here's what happens when you do it. Now, I just want to bring to light two people who have done it. I want to bring before you two people who are great living examples of what it means to live out our salvation. We're going to learn from Timothy and Epaphroditus tonight. So let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take a minute and just in the quietness of your own heart, just ask the Lord to to speak to you tonight. You can pray something simple of, dear God, please speak to me. Dear God, please speak to me. And then make a commitment that if he speaks, that you're listening and that you'll respond to him. Dear God, we come before you tonight. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for how you desire to use it to build us and encourage us and help us. And Lord, I pray that as we go through the message tonight, I pray that you'd help us. I pray, Father, that we would leave challenged by your word. And Lord, I pray that as we look at Timothy and as we look at Epaphroditus, that you would use their testimony to challenge us in moving forward for you. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the freedom we have to worship you. And God, I pray tonight that you would help us to realize that our culture 
needs Christians who are living out their salvation, who are not afraid to claim the name of Jesus Christ and his purpose and his plan. And so I pray tonight, Lord, that you would help us. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you'd challenge us for this week. We love you and we thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. I will say tonight that when it comes to learning anything, when it comes to learning anything in life, the fact is that if you wanna be better at whatever it is you're trying to learn, you need to set out before you people who are better than you are. Uh, I think as a, as a pastor, uh, I think it's good for every pastor to encourage the church family uh, to be better at whatever they do. Uh, I believe for a pastor, a pastor should strive to be better at maybe communicating or better at, at leading people. I think the businessman should be better at striving to be a businessman. I think if you're a, an artist like Hannah is, that she should strive to be a better artist. If you're a, a musician, you should strive to be a better musician. You kind of get where I'm going with this? In everything in life, we should work. If I'm a father, if I'm a mother, I should strive to want to be better at that. But I'm not going to gain knowledge in an area. I'm not going to become better if I'm not putting around me people who who have already grown in that area and are still growing in that area. I believe the same thing applies to our Christian life. As a matter of fact, I think it's very biblical when you look at what Paul uh, wrote to Timothy and to Titus and uh, about those early churches that they pastored in when Paul said, you need to encourage the elder Christians, the older Christians, to be a blessing and teach the younger Christians. What's he saying? Hey, there are some people who have grown in their faith that need to encourage those who are growing in their faith. So all of us, all of the time, should be putting people around us that are what we would call living examples. Man, people, it's not that we're putting them on a pedestal. Timothy and Epaphroditus, they were sinners saved by grace, just like you and I. They have the same God, the same power, the same Holy Spirit, the same word of God. They have the exact same things that we did. So we're not going to put Timothy and Epaphroditus on a pedestal tonight, nor is Paul telling the church at Philippi to to do that. I believe tonight what Paul is doing is simply saying, hey, here's two people who have been a blessing to me. I think they'll be a blessing to you. Let me tell you about them. That's kind of what Paul is saying. And I believe tonight that you and I, we can look at Timothy and we can look at Epaphroditus and we really can say, man, these two guys lived out their salvation. They, they were not timid in their Christianity. They were not uh, shy about proclaiming the name of Christ. And I want us to understand, and I, I might talk about this on Thursday or, or uh, in a couple of weeks when I preach again. Um, I want us to understand that we are not living in an age where we are super oppressed. Do you believe that? We're not living in an age where we're really oppressed. Oppression in Christianity right now, listen, for the governor to come out today and say, we're going to close things down and you need to go to 25% and you can't worship, you can't sing, and, and if you do, I really can't do anything, but I'm just telling you, don't do it. You know, I mean, that's kind of the thought. That's the mindset. Do you know what they were living under? They were living under, you know, like Nero, who's literally saying, if you turn towards Jesus, it will cost you your life. If you gather and we're, I mean, they were under some oppression. And yet what we find when you look is we find Paul easily identifying people who lived out their Christianity. They were bold in their faith. 
So I want to take just the next few minutes tonight, and I want to show you two simple thoughts, one from Timothy, one from Epaphroditus, that helps us see how they lived out their salvation, and maybe what was kind of one of the prominent characteristics in their life. I want to notice, first of all tonight, that when we live out our salvation, when we maybe take on the characteristics that they have, we're going to understand that next-level Christianity seeks or seeks the, the plans of God. Every day I wake up to seek the plans of God. I find this, seeking the plans of God, I find this in this man, Timothy. I love the story of Timothy, and if you have uh, young, if, if you have been a, um, a scripture studier at all, then you know and you've heard about Timothy. The very first time that we actually meet Timothy is in Acts chapter number 16. Here's what we read about Timothy. It says this, then came he, Paul, to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek, a Gentile, so Timothy is a Samaritan which was well reported of, Timothy was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. <clears throat> when you go and you begin to research a little bit about Timothy, we find the first mention of him in Acts 16. But I believe that Timothy was probably on the scene in Acts chapter number 14. In Acts 14, Paul went into Derby and Lystra. And if you recall the story, as he went in and ministered there, he began to face persecution and he was taken outside of the city and he was stoned and left for dead. After being left for dead, Paul got back up and went right back into the very town that left him for dead, the very town that persecuted him. Derby, Paul went right back in. I believe that probably Acts 14 is the time when Timothy trusted Christ. Um, why, why would he trust Christ? Because he saw the faith of Paul and we know Paul would write back to him uh, that uh, uh, Timothy's mom and Timothy's grandmother were both believers. I think even they perhaps trusted Christ in Acts chapter number 14. I mean, how could you not trust Christ watching Paul get stoned for the faith and then left for dead, and then he comes back in and preaches again to the very people that did it, and, and two years later, he's back there again. I mean, really, he had some amazing, amazing faith. Paul did, and so Timothy, though, he's this young man that in Acts 14 probably trusts Christ. In Acts 16, he's well reported of among the brethren. What does that mean? It just means Timothy had a good testimony. He had a good testimony among his church, the, the churches there in Derby and the churches in Lystra. And, and, and from Acts chapter 16 and on, Paul became a mentor of Timothy, and Timothy would, would serve the Lord in a number of ways, pastoring churches. I believe uh, the church at Ephesus. I believe even here at Philippi that Timothy would go and help encourage this church and other places that, that Paul would travel to. But we read here in Philippians that Timothy, he was being a blessing to Paul while Paul was in a Roman prison. Remember, Paul would be under this uh, under the, the Roman rule at this time. Of course, all of Israel is, but Paul's a prisoner there in Rome. He's there in the Mamertine prison awaiting his sentencing from, from Nero. But Paul writes to these believers and he says, I'm hoping to send Timothy to you. I want to come, but I can't. But in the meantime, I'm going to send Timothy and here's why. Because Timothy is not about his own will. Notice what he says in verse 20 and 21. This is him defining Timothy. 
Paul says, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, who cares about where you are. Verse 21, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. Do you get that? You see what Paul is saying? He's saying, hey, listen, I want to send Timothy to you because Timothy has my heart for you. Not everybody has my heart for you. They all seek their own. They all are in it for their own agenda, not for the agenda of Jesus Christ. But I want to send Timothy to you because he is seeking the agenda of God. He is seeking the plans of God. He is somebody that is daily living out his Christianity by saying, I want God's purposes within my life. And Paul is saying, I want to send someone to you to be a blessing who has already been a blessing to me because most people here, they are seeking their own agenda, but Timothy is seeking God's. Timothy had been like a son in the faith to Paul and Paul had definitely poured into Timothy, but Timothy he got Paul's heart. And the reason Timothy would be a blessing is because Timothy had the mind of Paul in seeking the mind of the Lord. Think about what Paul had already written about the challenges he was facing. Philippians 1, 5, 15 through 17. Here's what Paul had said about some of the challenges he had faced and was facing then. He said, some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of, of goodwill. The one, they preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Here's what Paul had said before. He had said, listen, I'm here in prison, and there are people that are literally trying to make my time in prison worse by preaching Jesus because of content, with a contentious spirit. We don't know everything that was going on, but we know Paul is simply saying, not everybody is for me here. But when you look to what he writes about Timothy, he says, but here is, there is a young man here that is for me. What was Paul's thinking when he was in prison? What was Paul's heart when he was in prison? Well, Paul writes it a few verses later in Philippians 1 when he says this, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul was simply saying, hey, my whole life is about seeking the agenda of God. My whole heart is about seeking the plans of God. I want God's purpose in my life today. And here's why I want to send Timothy to you. Because he's just like me in that area. He's got a heart for you. It's interesting because Philippians 1.21 is the exact opposite of Philippians 2.21. Philippians 1.21, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 2.21, he said, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. You know what? He was simply helping us understand and helping the church of Philippi. And again, he's writing to people he knew. And, and he's just writing, hey, I want to send Timothy to you. It'd be like me going on a trip and writing back, hey, I want to send Robert to you. Robert's been a blessing to me or Brian's been a blessing to me or, 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 or uh, you know, anybody else. Man, they've been a, just trying to think a name. Dustin's been a blessing to me. Dale, you know, I can go around. I, I could send somebody back, hey, they've been a blessing to me. And here's why they've been a blessing to me. Because they have a heart for the church at Moses Lake and they want to encourage you, and they've been living out their Christianity. That's what Paul's doing with this church. And he's saying, there are other people, they're seeking their agenda. But Paul, he's 
he's not. Or Timothy, he's not. He is seeking God's agenda. When I look at the life of Timothy, I look at Timothy as being a great example of living out your salvation. How is he living out his salvation? Because he had a mind to seek the plans of God. But I notice secondly tonight that not only is Timothy a great example of living out salvation and having the mind of the Lord, but I also see Epaphroditus as an example. Well, how was Epaphroditus an example? Because Epaphroditus had a heart to serve the people of God. Timothy, he sought the plans of God. Epaphroditus, he had a heart to serve the people of God. When you look at this person and you look at the life of Epaphroditus, again, we really, we don't know a lot about him, but I love his story. I love his story and I love what we read about him and his heart for people. From the text, from the text, we know that Paul really couldn't say enough about Epaphroditus. Notice what he says in verse number 25. He says, Paul says, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Now stop there. When Paul wrote the letter of Philippians, this letter to the church at Philippi, the believers, the saints that are at Philippi, he wrote it while he was in prison. Epaphroditus was there and Paul said, I'm gonna write a letter and Epaphroditus, I want you to take it back. So literally, I believe Epaphroditus is carrying this letter back to the church at Philippi. And then Timothy would come later. And so that's why Paul is saying, hey, I'm gonna send Timothy to you soon, but it was necessary for me right now to send Epaphroditus to you. Now, now who is Epaphroditus? Well, again, we don't know much, but notice what Paul calls him. Paul says, number one, he's my brother. You know what that means? Man, he's his brother in Christ. He's his brother in Christ. Brian and I were talking yesterday, knowing that some of the new restrictions were gonna be put on and uh, you know, restaurants probably shutting down and all that stuff or whatever. And I said, well, we're just gonna plan a Moses Lake Baptist Church restaurant takeover. Well, why? We're all family. And we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. That was a joke anyway. Uh, you know what? The truth is that's all that Paul is referring to. He's saying, hey, he's my brother in Christ. But what a great testimony. What a great testimony to be able to say, man, this person, they're saved. They're my brother in Christ. Isn't it awesome the relationships that we can have because of Jesus? Yeah, it's awesome to me, the relationships and the friendships that we can have. And really, it's been said, and we state it often, that most of the time, many of us are closer to our church family than we even are our real family. And praise the Lord sometimes when your real family is in church with you. But uh, you know what? A lot of us, sometimes we could say, I'm closer to my church family. I'm closer to church people than I am to my actual family. That's what Paul is saying about Epaphroditus. Man, he was my brother. What else is Epaphroditus? He's my companion, notice what he says, in labor. Companion in labor. You know, Paul is saying, hey, if I pick up a shovel, Epaphroditus is right there next to me. Hey, if I go to stack some chairs, Epaphroditus is right there next to me. Hey, if I'm out, if I'm out passing out uh, the gospel and, and giving invitations to people, Epaphroditus is right there next to me. This is what he literally is saying. Epaphroditus has served side by side with me. What a testimony. What a testimony. Epaphroditus is my brother. Epaphroditus is my companion in labor. And then he says, he's my fellow soldier. 
Hey, he hasn't only worked for the gospel, but Epaphroditus has been a defender of the gospel. Epaphroditus has realized that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness, against rulers of darkness and high places and spiritual wickedness. Paul is saying, hey, listen, he's a fellow soldier. He has picked up a sword and he has battled for the cause of Christ. When I look at this, I, I think it's an incredible testimony. He's my brother in Christ. He's my companion in labor. He's my fellow soldier But here's what he is for you, Church of Philippi. He's your messenger. Well, what's he mean by that? Notice the next phrase in the verse, verse number 25, I believe, when he says that he met my wants. Is that what it says, verse number 25? Look at it. It says, but your messenger in that he ministered to my wants. What had happened? Well, we can gather this from the context and Even in the book of Acts, you just take some scripture and put things together. You can put a little puzzle piece together. At some point, the church at Philippi had found out that Paul's in prison. And they had felt bad. Like, how can we encourage? How can we encourage Paul? How can we be a blessing to him? Man, he's spent time here with us. He's been a blessing to us. How can we help him? And Epaphroditus says, I'll go. I'll I'll take a love offering. I'll take something and we'll just try to help him while he's in prison. And at some point, you can go to the end of the book of Philippians. We'll see it in a few weeks. At some point while Paul was in prison, the church at Philippi sent Epaphroditus from from Philippi all the way to Rome to minister to Paul while he was in jail, to serve Paul and be a blessing to him while he was in jail. As a matter of fact, Epaphroditus, on his journey, He got so sick that he nearly died. Either on his journey or when he got to Rome, he got so sick that he nearly died. But his health restrictions didn't stop him from serving the Lord. His health problems didn't stop him from encouraging Paul. His health circumstances didn't stop him from encouraging and being a blessing to Paul. What a, what a thought. You look at Epaphroditus, he's a brother, he's a companion in labor, he's a fellow soldier, but he was the messenger from Philippi sent to be a blessing to Paul. When he got there, man, it almost cost him his life, and yet he continued serving. Epaphroditus had a heart to serve God, and Epaphroditus, he served the Lord By serving the people of God in spite of his circumstances. It says, he ministered to my wants. That phrase literally means, he served me in my point of destitution. What a testimony. Hey, I was here in jail and I was was destitute and I was hurting and you sent Epaphroditus to me. And he put aside his own health and everything to come and minister to me. Look at verse number 30. It says, because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Hey, he literally went to the fringe of death just to be a blessing from your church to me. Epaphroditus, he sure had a heart for serving God and he sure had a heart for the people of God. He left those believers in Philippi. I I personally believe he was probably the pastor at this time in Philippi. 
And he went with the purpose of being an encouragement to Paul, and he had a desire to really help Paul, and he got there, and he was a blessing to Paul. And when no one else stood with Paul in prison, there was Timothy, and there was Epaphroditus serving and and standing with him and uh, in his prison experience, and yet Epaphroditus didn't let anything hinder his service to the Lord. Think about what encouragement and what conversations him and Paul had. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I think about these scriptures and, and when Paul is writing some of these things, just to be a fly in the room. Man, just to understand what Paul was really going through. And yet you and I, we go through the smallest trials and we allow it to discourage our faith and to uh, cause us to doubt our faith. And yet here's Paul in jail saying, I'm still serving the Lord and Timothy has my heart. And oh, by the way, Epaphroditus was nigh unto death and went literally around the known world to minister to me. He served in spite of his circumstances. I look at at Epaphroditus sacrificing himself really with no thought of reward. With no thought of anything, just Epaphroditus had this heart of, I'm just going to serve. What an incredible, incredible testimony Epaphroditus had. I mean, he served the Lord no matter the cost. Now, I don't think he did this in a way that was negligent of his health. I think he served the Lord in spite of his health. He was a blessing to others regardless of what was taking place in his life. He had a real heart for the people of God and the work of God. And he he could have made excuses. Epaphroditus could have said, you know, I just don't feel like it today. You know, I just, Paul, I, I knew I was coming, but I just can't make it today. But instead, he doesn't make excuses. Instead, he was the type that, that found reasons to serve, not reasons to not serve. He wasn't going to allow sickness, distance, prison, or any other trial to stop him from serving God and serving the people of God. I know he's not here tonight, and I really wasn't going to say anything about it, but I really believe that a modern-day Epaphroditus in my life is my dad. And I've watched, and again, I'm not trying to say this to puff him up, and if he was sitting here, I probably wouldn't say it. But I've watched my dad literally on the brink of death multiple times, And I've watched him just say, well, let's just keep going. Just keep going. Keep praying. Keep giving. Keep We had blitzing yesterday. Here's my dad walking in, 71 years old. Hey, give me a stack of tracks, Carlos. I'm going out. Watching my dad has challenged my faith because there's so many times in my life, I'm like, man, I got a headache. You know, I just don't feel good. And yet here's a 71-year-old battling cancer saying, Put me in, coach. Two weeks ago, he called me. It was a Tuesday morning, and nor- normally I'm at Red Door uh, Cafe on Tuesday mornings, and as long as they're open, I'll be at Red Door Cafe on Tuesday mornings when I'm in town. I do my office work there, and he called me, and he's like, hey, hey, you at Red Door? I said, yeah. He's like, well, I, I need to meet with you. I'm like, you need to meet with me? I was like, am I in trouble? Did I say something stupid? You know? And he's like, no, 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 I need to meet with you. I said, well, what, what's it about? Just give me a heads up. And he said something along these lines. I don't, can't rephrase it uh, exactly. But he basically said, well, <clears throat> I'm going to be turning 71 in a few weeks. And, I, and I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. I've got less time 
than I had before. And I wanna talk with you about how can I use my time more effectively for the Lord in the next few years? He said, I just wanna talk with you about it. I wanna seek your counsel as my pastor. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, dad. Like, I'm not gonna tell you, and, and I appreciate the relationship we have and that I am his pastor, but here's somebody that I know, I know there are days. And again, I, please understand, I'm not trying to put my dad on a pedestal. Please understand that. I say this with total humility in who he is, and he is not perfect by any means. But I've watched as somebody like that says, you know what, I'm just gonna keep going. In all honesty, I could go around with tons of examples in our church. People who have lost a loved one. And I'm not gonna name names tonight, we know. People who have lost a loved one. People who have been through tragedy. People who have been in misfortune. People who have, who have been through deep trials and have just said, I'm staying committed. Really before us tonight, there's a lot of modern day Epaphroditus's. There, there's a lot of examples of believers who said, I'm gonna live out my salvation unashamedly and no trial is gonna stop me from serving my king. As I come to these passages tonight and to these men tonight, I look and I see that these two men, they truly lived out their Christianity for anyone to see. They desired to follow the Lord no matter what was going on around them. And as I read the words of Paul describing Timothy and Epaphroditus, I can't help but be encouraged and I can't help but be challenged. I mean, these two men truly lived out their Christianity for anyone to see. They sought the Lord and they sought his glory. They both encouraged Paul. They were a blessing to him in his time of need. They were a blessing to the church at Philippi. They lived sacrificially. They served the Lord in spite of circumstances and health. We find here two men who were not timid in their faith. And I just want to tell you tonight, and I really, I don't have the time just to, to preach on it a little bit, but I just want us to understand that our culture does not need timid Christians who are going to back up and say, oh, okay, oh, okay, there's COVID. Okay, yep, we, all right, we're not going to serve the Lord anymore. Oh, okay, there's, there's some government things. Okay, you know what? I'm not gonna be a Christian anymore. The truth is that Christianity does not need Christians to go into the, or excuse me, culture does not need Christianity to go back into the shadows. Culture needs Christianity to stand up and to say, he is my God and he is my king and I will serve him and I will follow him for his glory. Not for some notoriety, not so that we can be, uh, and I've said this all along, I'm not trying to get on the news and make this great stand. No, I'm just trying to be a Christian that says Jesus is the answer and people need him. And what this world needs is some more Timothys and some more Epaphroditus's to say, health is not gonna stop me from serving God. Circumstances are not gonna stop me from following God. None of these things move me. Why? Because I understand that my life is bought with a price and I will serve God until my last breath. That is what our culture needs. And that is what this world needs. And that is what Moses Lake needs. And there are going to be challenges. Epaphroditus could have stopped and said, I know I want to go, but Paul, I'm sorry, I can't make it. But he didn't. And what your job needs and what your friends need and what my friends need and what our family needs. And they need the example of something 
somebody that says, though all men forsake, I will still follow. Though everybody else quit, I'm an Epaphroditus. I'm going to keep moving for the Lord. And again, it's not in arrogance. It's not saying, oh yeah, well, you know what, mister? You know, it's, no, it's none of that. It's just saying, hey, I serve the king of kings. He is the one that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, Hey, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Paul said, because of this, because of who he is, live out your salvation. Don't live it in the shadows. Be a Timothy. Be an Epaphroditus. And I just want to encourage us tonight. I wonder if Paul, if Paul were to rewrite the book of Philippians, and he were to put your name in here, what would he write? What would Paul write about you? Could you put your name where Timothy is that all seek their own except Timothy? Timothy seeks the Lord's will. Could he put your name where Epaphroditus is? Hey, everybody has forsaken me, but one person, one person literally put his life on death's door for the cause of Christ. Would your name go there? What would he say about you living out your Christianity? Would he identify identify you as one who is seeking the things of God? Would he say that you're an encouragement to those around you? Would he say that you have served the Lord in spite of your circumstances and in spite of your challenges? Would he say that you have been faithful to the Lord when others have not? I just pray tonight that we truly can learn from Timothy and Epaphroditus. Don't live Christianity in the shadows. Don't be timid in your faith. This week, seek the mind of God. This week, serve God by being an encouragement to people. And I guarantee you, based upon the principles of Scripture, again, not with arrogance, not with this shaking the fist at a governor or something like that, with the mindset of, God, I just want to lift you up. I guarantee you that if we do that, God will be glorified. He will receive the glory. Challenges are going to come. Health challenges are going to come. Circumstances are not always going to be advantageous to you being a Christian in the home or in the workplace or whatever the case may be. But the truth is tonight, what this world needs is more Timothys and more Epaphroditus. More people saying, I seek him and I serve him. I wonder what would Paul write about you tonight? What would he write about me? May we have a mindset made up this week. This week, I seek him and I serve him. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.